Coming to you live as fuck. It is the Sons of Honarchy podcast. We are back on the northwest side of Chicago live. It's your host, Steve-O, at Drunk Shy Sox fan, joined by... And I'll take Tommy. And that means that we don't have Carrie. Uh, Sorry, I couldn't clap back at you in the live moments when you were insulting all the players that I love. Um, But on this episode of the Sun Product Podcast, we've got a lot to run down. Of course, we've got Minoso Minutes, and I think we all know where that's leading. We also have a little fun at the end, so stay tuned. All this brought to you by just us. So make sure you rate, subscribe, review uh, to wherever you listen to podcasts. In addition to that, we are also live on YouTube every single week over the weekend. You You know, for those of you that are working for the weekend, we're your podcast, baby. Make sure you tune into us. We're trying to squeeze in today before the Sunday soak. I think the Sunday soak's happening, but I also didn't see them advertise it today. Oh, yeah, so huh. you'd think it would be happening. We, we might just be the, you know, the, the replacement. Well, it could have been Beef's lackluster apology to My Sock Summer that uh, there is, there's now a Beef, I'm assuming. So, yes, yes. <laughs> well, as Tommy mentioned, we're going to have bones to pick today. Uh, just... Uh, there's Keep another that the apology that, that, that um, didn't should go happen. Well. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, Tom, we were joined by Carrie last week. Uh, how was your week this yeah, past week? Well, where, look, where have you been? Why were you not on the air with me? I went to Mexico. Fucking had a blast. Absolutely enjoyed myself. I was out at an all-inclusive restaurant. Restaurant? Not just a restaurant. Hotel at uh, Puerto Vallarta on the Pacific Coast. Highly recommend. It was fucking phenomenal. Also, recommend the Pacific Coast because you get the sun sets instead of the sun rises on the Gulf Coast of Mexico. You said the Pacificos? The Pacificos were delicious? I, uh, the Pacificos were also delicious. They taste the same in Mexico that, as they taste here, FYI, um, because <laughs> they're distilled and bottled there. So it was it was really good. Um, you distill beer? I don't know. You make it. You, <laughs> you, you craft. They're crafted there. Whatever, man. But it was, yeah, it was fucking phenomenal. Sunsets, gorgeous, everything phenomenal. 80 degrees feels totally different there. It was actually like crisp and just fucking, I I can't say anything else besides it was gorgeous. Everybody should go. Uh, I also caught a wedding there. You know, destination weddings, a lot of people have different opinions about whether or not they like those. But I enjoyed myself. I really did. It's true. Really, the only thing you missed out was that crazy walk-off game on Saturday against the Yankees. Which would have been, yeah. I mean, like, especially, it was poetic, right? Like, you had Tim Anderson bobblehead giveaway from a walk-off, like, celebrating a walk-off against the Yankees, and who else scores the run? The game-winning run. Like, except for Tim Anderson. Perfect. On his bobblehead day, of course. Absolutely amazing. It was kind of of like the silver lining to that awful four-game set against the Yankees. Um, And the White Sox are not on a great start right now against the Yankees. Um, Being under 500 in, in the season isn't a good start. They are 1-4 this year against the Yankees so far. You know what? We're already hopping into it, Tom. Yeah. Should we talk White Sox baseball? We should talk White Sox baseball, I think. Well, I mean, <laughs> so so what's hot with the White Sox right now, Tom? Well, there's two guys who are good. Um, <laughs> I'll throw in three. We'll, we'll, we'll say three. Okay. But it's Tim Anderson. Leading the MLB in multi-hit games with 17. That's pretty good. Pretty fucking good. Right. Um, and Luis Robert, he really came out in that uh, Kansas City Royals series. Y'all saw it. Five games. He was on fire. Gotta love it. Um, that's two. <laughs> the third the third guy that I think is good is Johnny Cueto, baby. Let's oh, go. Oh, yes. Johnny you are. Cueto. And of he's course on you the mound today. Your, he's yeah. on the mound today. You had to hype up your deal. guy, Johnny Dude, Cueto. you know he's about to be dealing, man? The, sh- the shimmy, baby. Oh, um, so yeah, sad. no. I mean, the, here's the thing, too. I mean, guys like Yohan Mankata, you know, he's come, you know, he's started off hot, and now he's cooled off a little bit. Yeah. Yasmani's still getting it together. Jose is. Kind of really good it together. Jose's really good. Just getting Steve. it together a little bit. Just kiss up to the man. Like, AJ, AJ, AJ Pollock's had some good at bats. You know, I'll tell you what, the Sox are not hot right now. No. Period. End of discussion. I know they took three out of five in Kansas City. It that's expected. You should absolutely take three out of five that's, from a shitty ball. That club, is the, bar, right? the low bar. Like you have to win the series. You probably should have. You could have swept five games and really made a statement. But exactly. And here's the thing: I'd be content with four out of five in Kansas City. To win, to win four out of five games is a big deal. That's yeah. That's Honestly, good to win anybody. three out of five is good too. But at the same time, you're playing Kansas City, yeah. and it is a 
garbage ball club that is in this weird in-between stage between we have some rebuilding pieces, but we're also trying to patch veterans in at the same time. Yeah. So I would have loved to see four out of five. My big ups, you know, my, the thing that makes me most upset about that series is one of those double headers. They come back in the night slot and they score one fucking run. Yeah. Right. One run. I don't know, man. I don't know what to tell you. It, it's frustrating. I'm not as much on the fire Frank Menachino train as you are because it's like, look, the guys got to do what they got to do. And I appreciate an, an aggressive approach, but what are you going to do? Exactly. Exactly. So beyond that, you know, obviously my hitting, my frustrations with the hitting on this team go above and beyond. And I'm praying that these veterans hold on. Right. And they, and they actually break through seeing a little bit of life from a lot of guys, like I said. So I'm semi-hopeful, you know. I'm just still mad about what you said last week about Jose Abreu. All I'm right. still mad, right, dude. Go ahead. Do you want to roast me? Go yeah, for it. Yeah, well, Tom. look, you, you, every single time you smack talk this man, he gets out of a rut. Honestly, I should thank you, but I was, like, listening to the podcast on a delay after coming back, and I swear to God, as I was listening to it, I get a notification Jose Abreu hits a three-run home run, and I was like, "That's yeah, so fuck you, Steve." Like, like there's like you just, uh, and it was the hypocrisy of you sitting there and being like, "Yeah, I'm I'm not worried about AJ Pollock. His his track record says every year he heats up late." But you this really Jose just, Abreu guy. You really just want to hate Abreu, on AJ Pollock. That's I do. What it is. Look, like the guy. Okay, so what? what think about it this way. <laughs> they both have AJ Pollock and Jose Abreu both have you know, histories of heating up later in the season. That mm -hmm. is, it's, it's on the back of their baseball card. Go to their B-Ref. It's, it's clear. Clear as day. Later months, they're better. Now, how many games has Jose Abreu averaged for, per season over, that, over the course of his career? It's upwards of like 140, 150, especially if you take out that one uh, injury-ridden season, 2018, I want to say. Anyway, but... Then you look at AJ Pollock. He plays like an average of 120 games a season. And that's, you know, taking that's taking into account like all the games, all the seasons where he's played like 80 games because of injury. <laughs> and it, and then you're and then you're trying to say that that guy's track record of heating up later in the season is more pronounced and and reliable than Jose Abreu's track record of heating up later in the season. I'm done like by, done. by month carrie and i talked about this last week and he it's did. by month even abreu has been solid in may throughout his career yes so that was my issue it was like we were in mid-may and i was like okay i'm still not seeing what i want to see from jose abreu i mean I look at his numbers right now he's like yeah. at an ops plus of like 85 okay not what you want out of your slugging first baseman he has slumps. and, and he does. His I'm not going to deny. Defense has been spotty this year, unlike the last couple years. He has had a couple mishaps. But, like I said, there's things. That's why I'm lumping him back into this and saying, you know what, there are things that I'm liking, that I'm seeing now, and I'm like, okay, I'm seeing a little bit more that I like. Um, especially not as much hitting it on the ground. That is the key. Ground no, ball yeah. percentage, keeping that ground ball percentage down. Well, Frank Minikino loves ground balls. Fuck it, hit 300. <laughs> you know, and, and I got to give you credit for this, Tom. Thank you. John, I don't even know oh, what it is. I don't know you don't even is. know what I'm going to say? <laughs> for being an absolute... <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Johnny Cueto. Johnny Cueto's first start in a White Sox uniform was fantastic. Mm, mm, mm. And he got an ESPN article written about him? Yes, so, absolutely. Jeff Passon's um, taking notice of the man, it, myth, the legend. Was this the Johnny article Cueto. that referenced the ambulance? The ambulance that he purchased and put Please like talk about this ambulance. <laughs> it's absolutely incredible. Well, well, the first time I saw it was in a, a live video that he posted, which his live videos, look, if you can get on to the live videos while they're uh, happening on Instagram that, that Johnny Cueto does, usually they're in the off season, but they're phenomenal because it's usually either him riding a horse in the middle of a Dominican Republic city it's it's amazing or he's popping the trunk of his ambulance that is just it's got what was it 36 speakers on it oh yeah and he it might it, be more than that and and apparently Raylo and him are friends in the offseason cool didn't know that but Raylo said like is quoted saying like oh yeah i have like been sitting in his pool and then he'll pull the ambulance up and open the doors and start playing his music and the water in the pool starts shaking because it's literally 
the most speakers you could pack into a portable ambulance. Fuck. I mean, the man is, he's a mystery. You know, a- absolutely. He's, he's a goddamn mystery and a legend. And I'm so happy he's in the White Sox uniform. Not going to say he's going to be a long tenured White Sox. Not going to say that he's the solution, but I am going to say, love to see it. Absolutely love to see and it. And I'll say this I, he might be a solution to a back end starter problem yeah. Yeah. right now because. One thing that's been extremely frustrating has been the performance of Dallas Keuchel. <laughs> Not awesome. Grand slam. And our guy, Vince Velasquez, as much as I loved that start that I saw that Saturday afternoon game against the Angels at yeah. the end of April. Yeah. His stuff has not looked good at all yeah. since. Um, it, it made for a good story. It made for a nice like little headline where he's like, oh, I didn't want to get off the mound. I want to face you know, Mike Trout. And like, that's cute, but you know, it's just not. He's got to be in a swingman role. There's, there's nothing. He's not. He shouldn't be a regular rotation piece. Full stop. A thousand percent. So, but Johnny Cueto, keep holding it down, man. Eat those. I want him to be that inning eater this year, man. Hector, San, Hector Santiago <laughs> style. Don't demote. Don't demote Johnny Cueto to Hector Santiago Ooh. status. Come on. I mean, I love Hector. I was going to say you were a big Hector don't, Santiago. Don't get me fan. wrong. He, he was pretty solid in a Sox uniform. Johnny Cueto is a hundred percent a starting piece. Like he's one of your five guys. At least until he's shown otherwise. Right. Like, right. Man's a hoss. He's just a hoss. Would love to see him continue to power through the year. And I'm not saying he's going to start a playoff game, but. Oh, that'd be a problem. If it, uh, <laughs> if he can continue to hold it down during the regular season and, and give us, honestly, a four ERA season, I would be oh my ecstatic. God. Dude, that's that would be amazing. And, and you're looking at it and saying, we, we don't need an ace, right? We've got aces. We need Guys, we just need representable major league pitching, and Johnny yeah. Cueto is the fucking guy for that. Especially once Lance Lynn comes back, man. I yeah, mean that, you just don't you need you don't need Dallas. That Keuchel. playoff four, that playoff four is set for you already. Yep. So that's why I'm saying, you know, if anything, move Keuchel to the bullpen or fire him to the fucking sun with Menachino, please. <laughs> um, you know what? We've talked a lot about. In, or we talked a little bit, I should say, not a ton, but you know, we've alluded to the Kansas City series. Let, let's talk more about this Yankee series that's yeah. happening right now. Friday got rained out mm-hmm. in New York, um, which apparently the rain wasn't even that bad. Kind of like I had a track meet on Saturday here yeah. in Chicago. Yeah. Uh, Saturday morning, they were like, oh, no, rain. We got to call it off. We got to call it off Friday morning because of the rain. It drizzled. It drizzled. Yeah. No, no. So now that's they're going to really probably funny. schedule it on a Thursday night or something. So I can't go to the, Some bullshit, the yeah. Red Sox game at home on uh, this upcoming <laughs> Thursday. They better not schedule it, you know, over the weekend because I ugh, I need my weekends, folks. But you do. Yankees series here. We are one and four against the Yankees this year, Tom. We yeah. were one and five against them right. last year. Exactly. You freaking out? I well, look, I, th- there's teams that just have your number, right? And mm-hmm. the, it's just the way that kind of baseball is. Uh, I mean, there was a, uh, I mean, the, the Houston Astros historically kind of had our number, but well, you look yeah, at last year. Yeah. yeah. Well, you look at though against the Rays who are one of the best teams in baseball. We always play them Well, we all, we just always seem to have a good series against them. And that it's just the way baseball is. I just don't think we match up well against the Yankees. I don't know what it is because their pitching's not that great. But they always mash against us. Speaking of mashing, though, DJ LeMahieu, that shouldn't have counted. Like that grand slam. Oh, baby, you want to go there? It was. I got a bone to pick, ladies and gentlemen. I got a bone to pick. You already know I got a big bone to pick here with Yankee Stadium dimensions. You know that ball does not go out in twenty-nine of thirty ballparks. Unicorn style, baby. It is the only ballpark <laughs> where that ball leaves the ballpark. And, you know, here's the thing, too. Engel was there at yeah. the wall to catch it. It's he not was, like he, it was like one of those hit on a rope. He wasn't fast enough to get there. I mean, he, he, yeah, was, he, he was, was ready to it. read it, right? He was under it. That short porch and right is just absolutely ridiculous. And I know both teams can play to that advantage. Right. But the White Sox don't have power left. Oh, like they have one power lefty, and it's Gavin Sheets and Who's... his booty butt cheeks. Yeah. So uh, here, I'm going to advocate for this. I know this is crazy. Um, and I know here's, here's the thing, too. People say, you know, White Sox lost by two. Higgy almost had that home run to center. That would have been out at guaranteed rate. Mm-hmm. Fine, whatever. Play the run differential game. The White Sox still win. Yeah. Um, I'm telling you, I am an advocate for ballparks needing to have left 
left center, center, right center, right within a certain range. <laughs> Bless you. I'm not sure if everybody needs to have the exact same. Right. You know, it, you know, every ballpark shouldn't be necessarily three no, four yeah. three forty to the corners, yeah. three eighty to the gaps, four oh five to straightaway center. But it needs to be within like a I don't know 10, 15 foot range. It's gotta be reasonable. Right? Yeah. The short porch and right at Yankee Stadium is just stupid. Yeah. It absolutely makes zero sense. It's archaic. It's dumb. New ballparks that are being built don't have dimensions like this. Well, that's... I don't care if it's unique. Yeah. It's stupid. And it it messes with the game. It messes with the game. And it's it's not even like a fairness thing because again, both teams get the get the advantage there, but it's just like it's not it's not equal across ballparks and it's not it's like less entertaining in my opinion you know and like a yankee fan probably disagrees but it's less entertaining cuz it's like that's a 340 foot like fly ball everywhere else like that, that's barely warning track it's probably not even warning track it's on the edge of the warning track a guaranteed rate and it's like okay that so that's a home run now like Fan, fan fantastic and and i agree with you though it doesn't necessarily i'm not advocating for every ballpark to be exactly the same because, look, like, for whatever, there's no rhyme or reason for it. I guess the wind, but for some reason, like, the right field side of guaranteed rate, just the balls fly out there. Yeah. For some reason. So, a tad bit shorter, and, and usually the wind and kinda, the way in which the ballpark's built, you get that, that, that little tunnel. Trajectory. Yeah, whatever is about that. So, I get, like, that, okay, you could argue we have the same problem at guaranteed rate field technically with the shorter right field but it's you, you just got to be a little bit reasonable about it the thing that really pisses me off is that they had the opportunity to fix because they rebuilt yankee stadium absolutely like late 2000s so you had the opportunity to be like oh we clearly have an issue with the right field fence let's uh push that back to make it like an honest ballpark and then they were just like no nah, fuck it short porch again like there's, yeah. There was no reason for it. There's no reason for it. They should pull a Baltimore and just be like, fuck those seats, pushing it back. Yeah, and and, all, well, and, and the high wall in Baltimore, I don't necessarily agree with either. Um, I, I think that has been atrocious, especially with the dead ball this year. Oh, yeah, they, um, just, they fucked over their team in that ballpark. But Well, they, um, it's, it basically was a countermeasure to the Yankees, though. Like, the Yankees used to hit bombs out there like – it was stupid games that they'd be winning like 16 to two. And now Baltimore has been playing. Actually, Baltimore has been playing it tough against some of these opponents. Like they, they took the Rays. They got a little bit of talent. You know, I've been trying to tell you that for the last year or so. Cedric you Mullins. Don't to Cedric, man. That, that's that's the only guy. dog. He's, the only, he's got the dog. And they just called up uh, Adley Rushman. He so. did. I mean, that was kind of despicable that he hadn't been called up yet. Yeah. But, uh, we can talk about service time another time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just. My bone to pick, and I, I know it's a minor thing, but it's really freaking frustrating to watch, especially when, you know, obviously Dallas Keuchel shouldn't be giving up a no. ball. That, that's that's hit that far. but he, he shouldn't have had the bases loaded. That's an out yeah. in 29 out of 30 ballparks. Come on, yeah. folks. Yeah. there's it, it's And it's really DJ LeMahieu has power like that. No thanks. Like, that's not – he's not a threat for a grand slam. <laughs> uh, but, okay, uh, there's a, there's an elephant in the room. And um, I got a bone to pick. I got a bone to pick. So I know where this is going. Yeah, look, uh, we've never liked Josh Donaldson. Nope. We've never been shy about it, and he's given us no reason to like him. Okay. Uh, he had a bit of a spat, we'll call it, with Tim Anderson that led to words exchanged, which led to more words exchanged. With Yasmani Grandal, which is, I mean, look, I never shit talk Yasmani Grandal again. Don't be saying that, oh, he's not producing enough because he's the highest paid player on the team. He stood up for the team in a big way. He didn't even let Josh Donaldson get in the fucking box. He was yep. like, back showed, showed off. some true leadership yeah. there. And he's like, look, you're not going to be able to just say that shit and walk away. No, okay, what did he say? He called Tim Anderson Jackie, as in Jackie Robinson. If you don't realize how inappropriate that is on face value it's just we're not at that stage look like listen to what he said and realize that that was some fucking bullshit you cannot say stuff like that you can't 
And James Fegan has actually an amazing article out about this because he he really hit the nail on the head where it's like, okay, so Josh Donaldson's defense of himself was, okay, we we had this article come out in 2019. By the way, that's over three years old. Um, and that means that I can say whatever is in the article back to Tim, and it's an inside joke of sorts. And it's like, look, you ain't got no inside jokes with the White Sox. The White Sox all hate you, and for good reason. There's been like three different incidents that caused like on-field drama and outside and like he tried to like, come up to Lucas Giolito in the parking lot as a twin. Like no, no. You don't get to walk up here and pretend like you have this jovial like background with this team when you've been the center of problems across it doesn't matter what team you play for. Nobody likes you. It's like that Adam Eaton thing. Nobody like you. Like <laughs> nobody on this team likes you. Don't pretend like you're trying to lessen tensions by saying something fucking racist, bro. Like that's, it was beyond, it was beyond. Okay. Like absolutely, absolutely uncomfortable. I kind of took this like into more of a Minoso minute range here, but I'm going to, I'm going to see the floor. Cause that was my, like, he's absolutely my bone to pick. Like I have never liked Josh Donaldson. And I like him way less. Like, I jokingly didn't like him before. Now I actually, like, that guy's got to go. Like, if there's not suspensions that are coming down on his head, I don't know what to say about yeah, the MLB. It's it's highly inappropriate. And and, and I'm going to say, I'm, I'm going to call out the MLB here, it, it's time to take action, you know? Um, that that There's no place for that in baseball. Period. End of discussion. I, I don't need to explain why there's no place for that in baseball. And even if your intentions were not to play on Tim's race, right? anybody with a functioning brain <laughs> should know that that is never a positive comment no. or one that is appropriate in any way, shape, or form. I have to come back to something that we've talked about, too, in, in calling out Major League Baseball, Rob Manfred, the commissioner's office, whoever's working there. The NFL, the NBA, the N- the NHL, the three other major sports, major professional sports, male professional sports in leagues in America have all done such a better job mm-hmm. over the past few years of making sure that players of color feel that they are welcomed in the sport. To feel like they are not being targeted, to not to feel like they are not just an anomaly. Right. The NFL with their end racism campaign, the NBA with the name, the 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 whatever they wanted on the back of their jerseys mm-hmm. during quarantine. Black right? Lives Matter on the court. Yeah, Black Lives Matter on the court. The NHL, hockey is for everyone. Mm-hmm. Right. Where's the MLB's campaign? It's time to step up. It's yeah. time to actually make a statement. If you're not going to do anything about the Donaldson situation, if you're not going to suspend him, do something as a league. Damn right. Wow. That's yes. Just full stop. Yes, I completely agree. And look, I think that something that came up for me as you were saying that is like, you know, a lot of people talk about what was his intention. Did he mean to be racist? It's like, doesn't fucking matter if you meant to be racist. You were. And it's it's. There's there's a, a big conversation around intention versus impact. What did you intend to say doesn't necessarily matter if the impact was a problem. And I mean, Josh Donaldson technically said, "I'm sorry," because but what he said was, you know, if he was if he took it that way, then I'm sorry, which is not good enough. That's not good enough. It's you have to know the impact of your words, like. I mean, look, like, let's be frank. You're, you're, this is two white guys on a mic, on two mics right now. But yeah. you have to understand what you what you say matters, okay? And, like, you can't – if you can't take ownership over your mistakes, it's that much more of a problem. So I, I'm fucking sick of it. I'm fucking sick of Josh Donaldson. I, like – Bring on the Donaldson facts, fucking drag this man, make fun of him left and right because he deserves it. Like, this guy yep. doesn't give a shit. And he shows it on the way that he plays 
and the way that he talks to other teams in the league. And and he's he's absolutely brainless if he thinks that he's like chill with the White Sox. Nobody on the White Sox. Or if that, that comment was Yeah, chill. no, he no, like, that comment was yes. That's not something that, that you don't joke like that. That was that was targeted. It was yeah. So and if you can't see that it's targeted, get a fucking therapist, bro. I don't know what to tell you. Okay. Well, there's another thing that happened. Um the outside the lines of baseball. And so we'll take a quick minute here. Minoso minute with something that we do when, you know, something happens outside the lines of baseball Yep. Uh, in honor of Minnie Minoso here. So there was a triple a manager uh, with the Charlotte Knights, uh, Mr. Wes Helms. Yeah. He was involved in the controversy around Omar Vizquel. You know, Marvis Scal was, you know, a manager of the Birmingham Barons, Birmingham Barons, and everybody was real excited about him coming up. And then all of a sudden he got canned and we were all like, OK, what happened from the outside looking in? There was a lawsuit that he sexually assaulted a bat boy, an autistic bat boy um, for the team. When, now, Wes Helms was named in that lawsuit and that kind of has come up now. Um, and you know, again, ongoing lawsuit, this is allegedly, however, comma, the one thing that's clear is that Wes Helms is in charge of a toxic work environment. You know, he, he was the uh, bench coach at the time and has been promoted through up to manager of the AAA ball club for the White Sox organization. Now it's tough for me to sit back and, and think like, okay, he was a bench coach during the time that this shit went down. Then the White Sox went ahead and, you know, gave him a raise and like a, a more important position. That's tough. That's a tough look. Um, so I'm I'm kind of like disappointed almost that this didn't come up sooner or was addressed sooner or that like how you how are you gonna how are you gonna actually give this guy a, a more important position in the organization? Like that's a tough look. So. In total, like I want to see how it plays out, obviously, but I think that the only thing I have to say about it is good riddance. Like we don't need these guys in our in our organization. Yeah, There's absolutely. Plenty of coaches. Fucking hire Rick Renteria. Rick Renteria is out here just chilling, waiting for a job. He wouldn't take a AAA position, I don't think. But look, it's there's. There's no there's no space in baseball for all this toxicity that's been happening around around the, the ball club recently. One of them being Josh Donaldson, this Wes, Wes Helms shit. Well, as a Chicago sports franchise, Tom, mm-hmm. shouldn't the White Sox have learned their lesson? Shouldn't the White Sox have looked upon the team, one of the teams that plays at, you know, Madison, Madison. and Damon, basically, yep. at the Madhouse, the team that plays on ice? You'd think, you'd that, think they would have known. You know, should have figured out their shit and, you know, tried to sweep it underneath the rug. And did so very unsuccessfully. Um, and thank God for things coming to light. Right. Whatever right. whatever comes to light of this situation, right now I'm frustrated with the White Sox organization. Mm-hmm. And it's disgusting how long they waited yeah. to dismiss Wes Helms in his current years position. And years and years. Yeah. So mm-hmm. whatever comes to light in this situation, if it's incriminating on this front office, I hope everybody pays the consequences for it. Yeah, I mean, whatever they... Whether this was a one-time incident, whether this has happened multiple times, it's disgusting. Will this be... And, and here's the thing. If if something happens, I don't know if, if it will, but if something happens where Rick Hahn is involved in any way, shape, or form... Or look the in, other way in, or whatever. In, in this situation... Yeah. I, I, dismiss him. We'll have to re-ba- rebrand ourselves as a podcast. Yeah. Yeah, you know? we will we'll, we'll do that swiftly. Um. So it's just, yeah, it's not just a horrible look. It's just we need to do better as a sport and as an organization yeah. in making sure these things don't happen. And when they do happen, swift, decisive action is taken. Yeah, I, I think that's what's tough is like as soon as this bat boy like stopped showing up for work, there should have been consequences. Like what happened? Where's the investigation? You know, and, and it took a lawsuit being processed through the EEOC that this is now a problem all of a sudden. It's like unbelievable. Actually, actually, actually unbelievable. 
and again, you know, unionize the miners while we're at it because the miners are already under, underpaid. Anyway, whole different discussion, but a lot of ugly looks right now in baseball, and it's a lot of it's centered around your Chicago White Sox. Yeah, not great. Tom, on a lighter note. Oh yes, let's let's reel it in really quick. Let's Here we reel go. it in. Okay, so Tony La Russa, um, everybody's favorite. <laughs> Although I will say, oldest guy in the in the ballpark, um, in the dugouts, right, was also a person that said, "Yeah, what you said, Josh Donaldson." Yeah, kudos to Tony. You know, for you know, I know the Yermin Mercedes situation Problems, last year right? where he was like, "Oh yeah, you know, if they throw at the guy, whatever. If they throw at Yermin, whatever." Yeah, like that's not the right response. Well, Tony, that's the way you lose your locker room. Way to step in, even in your old mindset and probably the way in which you think, like understanding Yeah, at least, you know, whether that's what he truly believes or not. He was, yeah, he saw he's, it. He said the right thing. He yeah. absolutely said the right thing. And I believe that. I believe that he believes it, right? Like, yeah, I don't think Tony's one to bullshit the media. Yeah. So, and so if he, if he's willing to step up to the mic and say like, Josh Donaldson said something racist to my team, I'm not going to have any further comment. Like that's enough is said right there. Proud of him. Now, back to the lighter note that we were talking about. Yes. Tony La Russa. Um, he has a fancy for the um, the Sunday special. Sunday I special like to call him the Sunday special. The Tony Sunday special, baby. Oh, the, the punting of series, the punting of games, especially early on before more Memorial Day where he's just like, you know what? Who is at the bottom of the barrel of this lineup? Let's throw him on the field and see what happens. It's a specialty. It's it's Tony does it better than anyone else. I'll tell you what. And it was this. Uh, it's been the talk of the town too. I mean, the second game of that doubleheader in Kansas City, where we had the opportunity to sweep a doubleheader, and we alluded to it earlier, where it's like you had the chance to take four or five. You had the chance to really make a statement and stop on some throats. But and what, it, let's bench our best hitter. Yeah, let's bench him. Let, you know, the guy who you know plays lead off. Yeah. 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 Tim Anderson, you know, you've been doing great. Yeah. You know, we don't really need you though. We'll win without you here. No, you won't. Like not now the way the rest of the lineup is performing. Yeah. And they scored one fucking run. So there you go. There's yeah. That's uh that's your lineup there, Bad. Tony. That was good. Uh usually not a huge complainer about lineups. Usually kind of a guy who thinks, you know, managers don't matter much, but I have been complaining about shitty getaway day lineups since 2020 since we had this guy like he yeah. is known for doing this and it's, absolutely you know there's partial credit and, to resting your guys but look these games still matter there's got to be a craftier way to do it than to throw out the dumpster fire of a lineup that you did <laughs> i'll tell you what a lot of the complaining comes around the batting order too yeah and you know there are some schools of baseball thought that tell us that batting order really doesn't matter that much. Mm-hmm. Now, I, you know, I'll get to that in a little bit. I know you have a little segment that you want to, in <laughs> honor of, uh, in honor of exactly. Tony's uh, Sunday specials. So, so yes, in exactly in honor of the Sunday special, the Tony get out of town lineup, the Tony special we've, concocted our own special Tony lineups that only I, we think that he'd be proud of these. So oh, yes. this is our, you know, White Sox history. And we're, this is the thing the, the rules are you can pick any player since we've been a podcast. Yes. Um, so we became a podcast <laughs> in, in 20 at the end of 2018. So we're taking 2018 to present. These are those are the uh, players that we're allowed to choose from. That's the pool of players we're choosing from, and we're creating our very special uh, <laughs> Sunday special, Tony Sunday special, Sunday special lineup for you guys. Now, uh, again, these lame these names are meant to make you shudder because that's what this the Sunday special does for us. So for me, we're gonna take it. And by the way, another rule: you have to use all the positions on the field, which makes it a little harder now. Here we go. Let's get it. Who it? So batting leadoff for me on my Tony Sunday special lineup is the one, the only Leary legend. And of course we got him playing shortstop. Cause look, you, you got to have an anchor 
playing leadoff for you, and that's Leary Legend. If there's nothing I can count on more, it's 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 Leary Legend playing on Sundays. So <laughs> we've had it for the last what since 2015. Leary Legend, he plays Sundays. Three different managers, folks. <laughs> they love this guy. I gotta think that Kenny Williams is the one who's trying to tell them like you gotta play this guy. I love him. I love him. He's got that dog. Anyway, so Leary Legend. He's batting leadoff for me. You're damn straight. Now, batting second, because, you know, you got to give him as many bat at-bats as possible. That's mm-hmm. our catcher, Sebi Zavala, okay? I want to see another three-home run game out of this guy. We're going to milk him for everything he's worth. He's already, you know, he's got a ball and a bat in Cooperstown. That's a big deal. There you go. That's a big deal. The only rookie to hit three home runs in one game, that's a big deal. So, batting, batting third. And this is, again, a lot of people had a conversation about how they didn't like how Tony did this, but I'll tell you what, it's a Sunday special. You got to put Nick Williams out there, batting third, playing left field. It's a big deal. It's a it's a gentleman's thing. That's what a lot of the conversation was around Nick Williams. He was like a veteran, and Tony was giving him the, the mixtape that he needs to get his next contract, and it's kind of nice of Tony to put him in the lineup. Tommy, Tommy putting air quotes over all this, by the way, in That's, person, in case yeah. you're not watching. That's some fucking bullshit, Nick Williams. You can uh, uh, go play in the quadruple A teams like, uh, you know, the Pittsburgh Pirates or the Orioles or something. No offense to those teams, but all offense uh, to those teams as well. Uh, so <laughs> batting fourth, the Astros, <laughs> the Astros king himself and DHing for us, AJ Reed. Yeah, I think that was more of a... The Astros thought he was a good prospect, so he must be good at something, right? Wrong. He sucked. Uh, but he's batting fourth for for Tony's team. That's for damn sure. Uh, and that's why it didn't didn't he bat clean up for us in his like he two games? He probably had at least one appearance in in the four or five slot that year. Not good. Yikes. Not, yeah. Twenty eighteen was pain. But you know what saves us from twenty nineteen too. What saves us from that pain is our five hitter. You know, Danny Mendick still on the team, part of the twenty six man. And he's playing third base for me in this lineup. I'll tell you what, I can count on him. And again, like you got to have some vets in the lineup. You know, you got to mix them in, make sure that they're getting there at bats. Jesus Christ, <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> Holy shit. You okay. having fun with this one, time? This is terrible, actually. I thought I was going to have fun, but this is actually miserable. Okay, so this is this is where we start to kind of like round it out a little bit, make this lineup a little bit more representable. And, and what we do is we put Josh Harrison at second base. That's going to fix this. That's going to fix it. Because, you know, there is always that, like, one starter that you're like, oh, okay, so Tony's not totally fucking you put around. in an actual starter. Yeah, yeah. Okay. one actual okay. starter. And he's kind of – and it's also the start, the one actual starter that people are still turning their nose up to. So, But that that is – He's gotten better since the beginning of the year. Hey, I really no want – I truly wanted to mimic Tony's style with this. I, I'll tell you. I'll All tell right. you. Right. Now, the, the next the seven hitter for me is Gavin Sheets. Playing first base is uh, his natural position. Oh, God damn it. That guy needs to fucking it, trade bait. Trade bait. Like everybody says, uh, we for can get a Frankie Montes for a yeah, for straight up for uh, Gavin Sheets. Not sure about that one. But the real reason that these next two guys are in there in here is because the, these are the two names that make me think we've got a hole in right field. And they'll always embody that for me. And it's. Charlie Tilson and Ryan Cordell rounding up my lineup. Beautiful. And those two names are just, they just bring me back to just miserable times. And I think what's funny what about your lineup construction <laughs> here too, is that you put Tilson and Wright and Cordell in center. Doesn't fucking matter. I mean, <laughs> yes, you should technically flip them, but look, neither of them are playing baseball anymore. And that's all right. Charlie Tilson's playing baseball. Is he really for the Chicago dogs? I'm glad you got a good laugh out of that one. <laughs> All right. Your starting pitcher. Starting pitcher, Vinny Sunday. Velo. Vinny Velo, okay. this is my Sunday getaway lineup. I know Tony All would right. be proud. I just you, know you it. Plugged, you know, the problem is you plugged in a lot of modern or current White Sox players, 22, 2022 roster players okay. here, which makes me worried for this current team. <laughs> All it's right. true. I kept mine really throwback, so I'll go through it quick. Uh, and I don't have a batting order. I'm just telling you who's playing what position around the diamond. Cheers. Starting pitching, we'll stay on that topic first. Dylan Covey, baby, I gotta take the, I gotta take the guy. If I'm gonna put a Sunday special lineup into get, you know, all together, I gotta put the guy out on the mound who outdueled Chris Sale. Come on now, who else is Miserable. is more fitting? All right, Miserable. at catcher, at catcher, Tommy's all time favorite White Sox, Wellington Castillo. 
at first base. Just give well, him another another legend in Tommy's book because he saw this guy hit, hit a walk off uh, walk-off single against the Baltimore Orioles in 2019. <laughs> Yonder Alonso. He played good whenever I was there, I'll tell you. Second base, a true team player, Jose Rundome. <laughs> Batting fourth, I couldn't pass on putting Larry Legend at short. Come on. That is that is the specialty right there. That's the one we have in common, Tom. Third base. Don't forget this guy played third base before becoming a gold glove second baseman. Yomer Sanchez. Nicky Delmonico in left. You're R- killing me. Ryan dude. Lamar in center. Trace me. Thompson. Trace Thompson, not Clay Thompson, in right. Last but not least, you know, you got to round it out with a DH, even if you're at an NL park now. So Matt Davidson, baby. He can, he can, and he can pitch and he can later pitch. in the game. If you need to swap him in the to pitch, you absolutely can do that. There you go. Before there was Brett Phillips, there was Matt Davidson. Absolutely, baby. Oh, my pain, God. Pain. Pain. Now, I know a lot of the conversation around Tony LaRusso's decisions and uh, <laughs> the lineup have been around batting order. And as I yeah. said before, there are some schools of thought that say, hey, batting order really doesn't matter that much. And in all honesty, when guys are hitting, right, it really doesn't matter that much. Yeah. In which ideally, yes. When guys are right. Hitting. Right now, the White <laughs> Sox lineup all around is just not, with the exception of Luis and TA, they've been spotty at best. Yeah. Right. So I wanted to bring up an old segment that we got, you know, we got a, a segment that we do from time to time here called He Said It, right? Where we take a, a quote from somebody that's on the team or in the organization and uh, talk about its its impact. Okay. Our guy, Tony LaRussa wanted to defend his decision on batting Andrew Vaughn, who came, you know, off of injury. You know, he's kind of been slow coming off of injury as well. He's red hot, got injured by taking that pitch in the hand on that uh, Friday night game against Boston. Um, Such a bummer. But TLR on Andrew Vaughn batting ninth. Uh, This is a Vinny Duber quote, uh, a.k.a. Alice Cheesy Beef. (laughs) He says, the second leadoff man is a reality. He hits right in front of your best hitters. If you've got guys batting 250, 270, and 300, nice batting averages there, Tony. A lot (laughs) of managers, including myself, put the 300 guy ninth. He isn't the ninth best hitter on our team. Even if he isn't the ninth best hitter on your team, there's zero reason why Andrew Vaughn, like, why is Andrew Vaughn batting ninth in your lineup when he isn't the ninth best hitter on your team? When he was raking when he was doing well outside of the nine spot. It's one thing to shake things up. It's another thing to just absolutely say, oh, you had one bad game. I'm dropping you down to nine, right? I Please, like, Tony, dude, this is archaic thinking, right? This isn't 1930s baseball. Go ahead, Tom. You want to clap back at this look, for some reason. Look, look, well, okay, so classic baseball mindset right, says that you want a guy in the end of the lineup that can wrap it back around to hand it off to the top of your lineup. It's kind of like, you know, when the NL had, you know, your eight hitter was important because you wanted your eight hitter to get on base so that you couldn't lead off the next inning with your pitcher. So these, you know, that's passe, obviously, because there's no more pitchers in baseball. Thank the Lord. But I think that pitchers hitting in baseball. Pitchers hitting. Yeah, there's, there's there no are pitchers in baseball. <laughs> no more pitchers hitting in baseball. But I think I think you got to give it a little bit. I think where you really hide guys in the lineup is eight, seven, and eight. You know, those two don't matter. They they don't appear as much, and they're not table setters. That's the term, right? Table setters for the top of your order. And I'm putting it to you this way. This is how I really want to drive the the point home. Is that Tim Anderson leading off, if, if he's getting a lot of hits, right? And mm-hmm. we know this, and we know this, and he's and he's not driving in runs. Now, how do you take those hits and turn them into runs? It's you put somebody at the nine hole or in the eight hole, whatever, and get those guys on base for TA to then drive in instead of just hitting and getting on base and then not being pushed in. I mean, you said it yourself. Seven and eight are not table setters, but they're guys that you need solid in your lineup. You tuck them in there. That's Andrew Vaughn. Andrew Vaughn is that guy. You're high. No, I was saying you're hiding guys when you put them in the seven and eight hole. You're 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 making them. That's where you get the least at bats. Solid step bats. You get the least at bats in the nine spot. That's the whole idea about the nine spot. The ninth guy usually gets the least at bats. Seven and eight might not get as many as 
bats as well. But seventh, always going to get more at bats than nine. Probably, probably, yeah, probably, most likely, right? Okay. This is ridiculous. I, I'm right? just saying, you, you have to, when you are struggling the way that you are, you, you have to put your best players in the position to drive in runs, and that's Tim Anderson, and he's okay. not moving out of the so, leadoff spot. I was gonna say, we got a, to- we got a comment here from Greg Miller, who's been with us throughout this entire live show. Thank you, Greg, for tuning in. He says, "Can we have an honest discussion about Tia being a number two or three? Now that's that's interesting because I think there is that he's the only guy who's really producing in Luis Robert like he's the only one who's been consistently producing uh, this early in the in the season. So if you want to move him to be in a position where he's able to drive in runs, get those RBIs, which RBIs matter. Fuck you guys, RBIs matter. What's an RBIs? I know what an RBI is. Runs batted in, not runs batted in. You can abbreviate. I'm I'm gonna kill you. I'm gonna murder you. I'm I'm gonna murder you. (laughs) First of all, if it's you, it's RBEs because it's innings. So uh, <laughs> now, anyway, there is a, there is a conversation here though. If you if you drop Tim to be behind other guys who are like, let's say, fuck it, you know, nobody's getting on base and scoring runs here. You put Luis as your leadoff, and and Tim can drive him in or whatever. Or you put you know, fucking Andrew Vaughn first. Then you have Luis, and then you have Tim Anderson in the two hole pushing him over, and then Luis Robert for the three-run home run. Hey, then now you're cooking with gas. Like, I, I don't see an issue with that. Here's the here's the thing. You want a high on-base guy in your leadoff spot. So that's what I'm going to say about this comment. You want a high on-base guy. Right now, the White Sox really don't have any super high on-base guys that can lead off an inning and right. get you going. If, for example, Luis was as developed and – had more of an eye at the plate like Ronald Acuna, I would <laughs> love Luis to be batting first. Mm-hmm. However, get those walks, yeah. Tim gets the way Tim hits, it makes right. up for the walks he doesn't get. Yes. So Tim needs to be that leadoff guy. He needs to be that table setter. He's the guy that you want, regardless, to get the most at bats on your team right now. Yeah. If Luis starts popping off numbers like he's capable of. If he's hitting 300, he's getting on base at a 350 clip, and he's hitting balls to the gap. Yeah, sure. Let's start. When he starts putting up Acuna-type numbers at the plate, if he ever does, I think it'd be a phenomenal thing, and and he's he's been said to have that kind of potential, then maybe we do have this discussion. But there's no one else that you can slot right now in that one spot. If the White Sox had a lineup like the Atlanta Braves from top to bottom— if they if everybody's producing the way they do, mm-hmm. then maybe we do have this discussion about Luis being one and Tim being two. But that it, it, Tim is an ideal two hitter in a really good lineup. But uh, right I, right now for the White Sox, he is the perfect one guy. You don't mess with it. Just like Andrew Vaughn yeah. and his fall off, you don't fuck around with it. Don't bat him eight or nine. <laughs> I mean, you could bat him. Okay, I, I'll I'll back off of defending maybe eight, TLR nine. at nine. Not, um, but I I will I will put it to you this way. I don't think you fuck with with Tim Anderson batting leadoff. I mean, that's that's the one thing that's been working for the team. I think that's what we should stick with. Like, and it's it's more for a psyche thing than it is for a you know actual statistical reasoning right like you can argue statistically that it might make sense to move him because he's actually getting hits and he could be driving in runs if there were guys on base in front of him however you know he he likes to lead the game off he and likes to be the guy with the bat in his hand you know to to start the game and i i wouldn't take it away from him and who Everybody else is getting knows, on base consistently in front of him fucking yeah Right. Who are you, you going to put in? Who are you? Who could you put in front of him? Pretty much nobody. But uh, I, I, I'd say don't fuck with it. You want you want to just do that. Speaking of Yuan, you you want Yuan to be batting too when he's when he's best and and being able to get either a walk after a hit from T.A. Like the the absolute perfect inning for the White Sox would be T.A. gets a hit, Yuan gets on base, whether it's a, a hit or a walk. And then Jose Abreu knocks them all in. Oh, so you're still talking about Jose in the three spot. Jose is in the three spot for the rest of the goddamn eternity of this White Sox organization. I swear to God, do not ever. I want him in his casket up there batting third. I swear to God, Steve, give him a lifetime contract. 
Four spot, baby. Absolutely going with the four spot for Jose. Well, then you, you're taking away the opportunity from either Aloy when he's healthy or Luis Robert to be batting four and cleaning up everything, just sending them all home with a home run or whatever. Aloy's more of a five guy anyway, in my opinion. So that's what I'm saying. You want Luis is, is that three guy for me right now. But when it comes down to it, lineups don't matter anyway. Yeah, you know, it doesn't matter as <laughs> much as we want hit, it. They're going to hit. Know? And, and you want to argue for Abreu in the three spot, but, you know, you wanted to rub yesterday in my face with that three-run bomb. Where was he batting in the lineup, Tom? Never take him out of the three-hole. Fourth, hole. baby. Never Fourth. take him out Fourth. of the three-hole. All right, Tom. Die on that hill. We're, we're getting close to an hour here. Shall we wrap this thing up? I think so. Well, do you have any final thoughts, first and foremost? I, you know what? I was going to ask you this, but I'm just going to say it right off the bat, and then I'll ask you the question. Right now, in my mind, the White Sox need to win one of these two games on Sunday. Fuck it. They need order, to sweep these games, bro. It, in As order for me, here's the thing. Yesterday's game was frustrating because the pitching fell apart, right? Mm-hmm. And you give up that grand slam, and it's a game that you knew. You know, you scored five runs you against it, right? uh, against Cortez and the Yankees bullpen. You absolutely could have won this game, right? Now you got to come back and you got to win at least one of these next two. So, Tom, are you frustrated then if they don't win these next two? I am. I am frustrated. I, I am. I mean, look, you, you're looking at the at the team, and it's the fucking same thing as last year, where the Yankees, you know, we get one good win out of out of our season series against the Yankees. I don't want that to be the story again. I want there to be a, a resounding, like, is sweeping a doubleheader? That would put us at three and four against them on the season. That's big. That's a really good team. That's huge. It w- they're the best team in the, the best in team in baseball. Right now. Best right team now. in baseball, and they are hot. And if you could take three out of four on the season series from them, you're walking home happy as a fucking clam, and you'd be back over 500. So that's really what my aim is for the, for the day. And you'd be sending a goddamn statement to not only Josh Donaldson, but the whole city of goddamn New York, who keeps going to bat for this jag off. But I I will say though, I I I I don't need it. I think one game out of these two is is a must. Two games out of these these this doubleheader is is what I want. But yeah, one is a must. If you get swept in this doubleheader, oh man, I will it's, cry it, myself. It's going to, sleep. to be, <laughs> like, <laughs> it's going to be a very, especially if they don't come back home and really dominate. It's going to be a very angry podcast. Yep. Um, next weekend. But if, look at this. We we got pitching help. We got pitching help. Bummer. Aaron Bummer coming back, baby. Thank you for reminding us, Greg, of that. Um, yeah, I think two would be amazing. If you can come and win one of these and and say you have one close loss and one win, I would be content with that, especially if they roll back home and, and get the momentum going again because they play a lot better than they do at home. They do. Uh, or at home than they do on the road. They, so. That's historically true, and I think that that would definitely, definitely be – it'll be a welcome advantage. <laughs> we can get all the – we need all the advantages we can get right now the way this team is playing. Yeah. Oof. Rolling into Memorial Day, that's usually when you call it and uh, say what your team really is. So we need to get hot before then. God damn it. And uh, I think that just about does it for us. Uh, in Han, we... Tr- <laughs> question mark? In Han, we trust? <laughs> Win a fucking series against the Yankees. We must. Let's get these two dubs. Cueto and Kopech on the mound. Hopefully back-to-back dubs and one on Sunday Night Baseball. Tonight. Right. Let's go, baby. Don't forget national exposure. Peace. We'll see y'all next week.